Welcome to Kingdom News, where you'll hear how God is influencing our region locally and globally. See how the Bible is relevant to today's news and learn how you can be involved with local faith events. Now here's your host, Tony Bosserman. And greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Hope your day is going well out there. Kingdom News is sponsored by Epic Bible College. Go to epic.edu and sign up for classes. Well, while hundreds of thousands of female protesters geared up for a women's march on D.C., well, a pro-Trump group took to the streets in Nigeria, that's right, to rally in support of the 45th president. Thousands gathered in the Southern River state of Nigeria to support President Donald Trump on Inauguration Day last Friday. But the rally, unfortunately, quickly turned sour. In all, some 200 people are still missing. 65 were arrested and 20 are dead. And so that is a sad result. But the demonstrations were put on by pro-independent activists in the country's south. And in South Nigeria, it is dominated by Christians. In North Nigeria, by Muslims. And so you can see why they would want their independence. It's much like what happened in Sudan, where you've got North Sudan and South Sudan. And so it's a difficult situation, and yet one that uh, might find favor in President Trump's eyes. In other words, do you think President Trump had, has been made aware of the rally? I'm sure he has, and might look favorably on these Christian folks looking for independence from the Islamic North. You know, our Bibles have a lot of advice and wisdom for leaders and for citizenry. In Proverbs 14, verse 35, for instance, it says the king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. In Proverbs 16, 15, it says in the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. And Proverbs 19.12 says the king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. So again, these people standing up and cheering on Inauguration Day for Donald Trump's inauguration in South Nigeria, you know, will probably get some favor from President Trump at some point in his foreign policy. And, of course, with many in his cabinet, uh, including uh, Mike Pence, his vice president, staunch Christians, you know, these kinds of things are going to be brought to his attention and they're going to want to do things for these people. And, of course, President Trump has said, even while he was campaigning, that he wanted to do so and believes in religious freedom around the world and wants to help Christians that are being persecuted. Now, Jesus said, agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Well, that's uh, some good advice that the media in this country should begin begin to follow. You know, President Trump's White House sent a clear message today to major media outlets. Actually, it was yesterday at the uh, first press conference uh, for the uh, new administration. And that new message was simply this. If you want to be able to ask questions at daily news briefings, 
Well, you better stop fake news and anti-Trumpism. So again, they, they need to start thinking in terms of agreeing with their adversary, Donald Trump, if they want to find any favor, get any interviews, and be able to ask some of the questions. You see, the White House for years has deferred to newswires and major TV networks, all of whom are represented in the first row of the White House briefing room. In other words, these major media outlets have people full-time assigned to go to the daily briefings at the White House. And they're represented in the first row for the first several questions at the daily briefing. But yesterday... White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer called on very different groups of reporters. He first called on the New York Post. That's the conservative alternative to the more famous New York Times. And then secondarily, the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN, which you hear me quote from many times and uh, do a lot of stories from their network. So that was followed by Univision and Fox Business. Spicer then took a question from Urban Radio Network and then finally the Associated Press, which up until now has usually gotten the first question. So Fox News was next, followed by ABC, and then finally, you know, got to some of the other major networks. So this unprecedented decision has ruffled the feathers of some. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell, for instance, said Spicer was skipping over major news outlets and those that cover the White House all day, every day. Well, again, Jesus' advice, you know, if you uh, agree with your adversary quickly, you know, then you're going to, of course, uh, have some favor there. And favor in, in the king's eyes is something that has to be earned. Not that uh, Donald Trump is a king, but, of course, many of the uh, biblical passages referring to those in authority, national authority, as kings. And what the media, of course, should be reporting on. Let's talk a little bit about that. President Trump signed executive orders today, effectively reviving the controversial Keystone and Dakota Access Pipeline projects, which, of course, have been stalled by the Obama administration under pressure from environmental and other groups. And the president said both projects would be subject to a renegotiation of the terms. And the president signed a total of five orders related to these pipeline construction projects, including others expediting the permitting process for related projects and directing the Commerce Department, and this is important, to maximize the use of U.S. steel. Again, in the White House, with Donald Trump, we have a man who thinks in terms of benefiting American business. And so part of the executive orders here is that the Commerce Department, which works under Trump, the executive branch, is to maximize the use of U.S. steel. That means jobs, folks, and that means more income here and more products used and sold here in the United States. So these moves are likely to spark a new fight with environmentalists, and even before Trump's orders were official, uh, Sierra Club Executive Director Michael Brun put out a statement blasting what he called the dangerous decision. But the move comes as Trump makes the economy and jobs the centerpiece of his administration's first week in office. 
And uh, Donald Trump has said, look, the environment is important. I'm an environmentalist, but we're not going to overregulate the situation. And President Trump met Tuesday morning with representatives from the auto industry, including GM and Ford. And after meeting a day earlier, separately with business and union leaders. So the pipelines were among the few issues that put the Obama administration at odds with labor unions, some of whom have voiced hope that the Trump administration can work with them to promote job creation. So these pipelines, of course, are going to make gas cheaper in the United States, and they're going to create tens of thousands of jobs down the line, you know, not only in the manufacturing process and the building of this, but in its ongoing maintenance. And so all those things are very important. And on the other side of the coin, the Obama administration, in its waning hours, literally just a few hours before Donald Trump was sworn in, defied Republican opposition and quietly released $221 million to the Palestinian Authority. And this is something the GOP, uh, Republican members of Congress, had been blocking. But a State Department official and several congressional aides said the outgoing administration formally notified Congress it would spend the money Friday morning, again, just a couple hours before the swearing-in of Donald Trump. So written notification dated January 20th was sent to Congress just hours before Donald Trump took the oath of office. And in addition to the $221 million for the Palestinians, the Obama administration also told Congress on Friday that it was going ahead with the release of another $6 million in foreign affairs spending, including $4 million for climate change programs and $1.25 million for U.N. organizations. So that's the kind of thing that uh, happens in the waning hours of an administration sometimes. But we haven't seen anything like what uh, President Obama did over the last couple of months in, of course, uh, you know, abstaining from the vote to condemn Israel's settlements there and therefore letting, uh, you know, that condemnation happen. And, of course, these kinds of things as well. Your Bible says in Isaiah 29:15, woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans. And again, the Obama administration promised at its inception to be the most transparent of administrations, and that simply didn't happen literally right up to the final hours of that administration. So hopefully the uh, Trump administration will be much more transparent and the people, the voters who, of course, empower the government, you know, will know what's going on. Well, we're going to take a break here now. When I come back, I'll speak with Bob Fife. He's written a book entitled Out, O-U-T, One Christian's Experience of Leaving the Gay Community. That's next on Kingdom News. And welcome back to the second half of Kingdom News. And joining us now is Bob Fife. He's written a book entitled Out, One Christian's Experience of Leaving the Gay Community. And it's the vivid story 
of Fife's descent into homosexual practices and his courageous fight to climb out again. So Bob Fife takes readers through the turmoil and confusion of his teen years to his marriage and fatherhood. Welcome, Bob. My pleasure to be with you. Yeah, so you share some very personal and difficult details about your life in the book Out. What moved you to write this book? Well, it was after a a long time of uh, victory and recovery and uh, many friends, many people who uh, struggled that I worked with thought that it was a good idea. So I thought that I would do it, and it has been a great help to identify many of the issues that uh, one would have uh, in the course of coming out and hope for those who want to come out and then to establish a healthy relationship with God and and uh, with the same sex. Yeah, and of course with the passage of uh, gay marriage and of course uh, the uh, absolution of uh, the absolving of uh, Exodus International and these kinds of groups, I mean, you know, what you're doing right now uh you know, would be seen as uh, controversial, of course, uh, at least on the side of the left. Uh, Have you gotten any negative feedback? Uh, Not that much, actually, uh, Tony, because, you know, when you think about it, it's my personal experience. And so not too many people can sort or can deny that experience that I've had. And it's it's long-term. It's well over 20 years that God has given me the victory to be in that uh, place that he has given me and I enjoy at this moment. Amen. So share with our audience a little bit about your family situation growing up, you know, what, what your relationship was like uh, with your father. Well, at a, uh, really at conception, I knew that I was an unwanted child, and uh, that became very evident as I uh, grew up. Uh, my mother already fathered or I mothered uh, five of of my father's kids, and he had many others by other women. So you can be sure, I being the sixth, that she didn't really want to bring another one of his into the world. So I sensed that in conception, and then in my uh, uh, growing up as a young boy uh, with an absentee father and uh, siblings that uh, felt a little crowded with another one on board. So it was a very difficult, uh, unhealthy uh, growing up uh, for me at a, from an early age. Yeah, and yet you uh, grew up with uh, some church experience, and of course probably hearing and knowing and being taught uh, that the Bible uh, condemns homosexuality. Um, so how did you get involved in the lifestyle, and you know, how did you leave it? Well, um, actually, I was, uh, I w- it was in the 70s that I had the experiences that I did have, um, and I really didn't grow up knowing about homosexuality, okay. either uh-huh. in the church or in my family. Um, and so when I was abused at the age of 13 by my sister's boyfriend, I didn't know how to deal with it. I... I didn't tell anybody. I I harbored it for a long time. I kind of entered into it a little bit because I I was looking for affection, looking for uh, some kind of attraction, uh, and so on. So 
I had a false identity from an early age and and not knowing what that was and then not facing up to it or talking about it, uh, I literally put it under the carpet and then eventually uh, started to date girls and got married and had a little boy and uh, it came back to haunt me after the fact. All right, we're speaking with Bob Fife about his book entitled Out, One Christian's Experience of Leaving the Gay Community. So let's talk about your wife, uh, Audrey. In a, you met her in a Bible study group. Uh, what attracted you to her, and what changed your relationship uh, after you got married? Well, uh, what attracted me to her was her uh, desire to know God. I got saved uh, after the abuse uh, at the age of about 15, and uh, then as I grew in my teens uh, to know God and to uh, to follow Him, um, I met my wife in a Bible study, and uh, we grew in a good, healthy relationship for six years. We courted each other and, uh, and then got married and uh, had a little boy, and uh, and then uh, I started to pursue my work, uh, which was very involved and took me away from home and kind of took me away from God. And I fell by the wayside to to a degree. And uh, and those uh, early childhood experiences came back to haunt me when I picked up a hitchhiker one time and. Uh, I have a saying that if you don't deal with it, eventually it will deal with you. And that's exactly what happened to me when I got away from God. And that's true, of course, of any uh, addiction or problem that uh, yes. you know somebody has. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you made several exits then, you could say, uh, at various times in your life. What led to the permanent exit? And uh, I think a lot of people would like to hear that. Well, my son... Um, was uh, with his mother for a number of years. I saw him once uh, in his early age at about nine, and then I didn't see him again until he was about 21 when he came to visit me. And uh, they were living on the West Coast, and I was living on the East Coast in in Canada. And uh, so when he did come to see me uh, at the age of about 21, uh, he had just visited his mother, um, and uh, um, he uh, came to visit me afterwards. And uh, I picked him up at the airport, hardly recognizing one another. And he came back to my uh, apartment, and I uh, asked him if he knew about me. He said yes, he did. He had heard about my uh, background about a week before. And uh, I was a little shocked at that. And and then uh, he came out and he said, Dad, I just want you to know, though, even though I do know about it, that my love for you is unconditional. And wow. that God's love for you is unconditional. Maturity. And uh, I must say, Tony, I didn't know too much about unconditional love uh, <laughs> in the gay community. It was so conditional. Everything you did that I did... Uh, had an attachment to it. Uh, I had to look good. I had to perform well. I had to, and the list goes on. Right. So it had conditions left, right, and center. And so to be unconditionally loved by my son and by God, 
had a major impact on me because I had experienced Amen. life Amen. Uh, we're, for we're, a good we're, long time. And we're, we're just about I out of time, Bob. Yeah, and Bob, we're just about out of time. Sorry. Why don't you tell everybody real quickly how they can get a copy of the book? They can go to my website. Uh, they can get it on Amazon okay. uh, U.S., or they can get it uh, at their local bookstore, and uh, and they can uh, uh, pick it up there. It's All a right. great book for pastors to work with with them. The church was sure. a major impact in my life, and uh, it it's a great uh, help for uh, anyone. All right, Bob, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And that was Bob Fife, his book entitled Out, One Christian's Experience of Leaving the Gay Community. You can uh, pick up a copy at Amazon.com or you can go, go to his website, bobsexperience.com. That's bobsexperience.com. You can find out more about him, more about the book, and get help if this is something you're struggling with. Don't forget to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world that are being persecuted, even sought out for destruction. And don't forget to pray for that permanent solution to mankind's problems. Thy kingdom come.